Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of AMRAs and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I'm Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. The maker of infinite podcasts, as I've been told now. You can find me um, at The Chippa Made This. That's the name you can search through to find my four shows. That's The Chipman Brothers Tangent, Shooting the Shit with Chippa, the Talkbuster podcast, which you're listening to right now, and Creating Geeks. You can also go to my YouTube channel and check out the very first episode of Hopped Ones, my beer-drinking-style interview show, very similar to Hot Ones, the chicken wing show, except we do it with beer. Um, I let the first episode become an out for everyone, not just for patron exclusive, to try to um, get business moving and get people interested, and people seem to really like it. So check that out, become a patron, and check out episode two and episode three coming soon. Also, just recently, me and my brother Bob, movie Bob Chipman, did a panel at PAX East 2020, the last big conference that is still going to be able to be attended by anyone, it seems, because of this coronavirus outbreak that we're dealing with right now. So um, go over to my YouTube channel and you can check out Bob and I's panel, Grumpy Old Gamers. It's the second highest viewed thing I've ever made. It's getting up to about 700 views on YouTube right now. I'm pretty damn happy about it. Before I introduce my guest, I wanted to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online. And thank my newest patrons, Gene, Nicholas Heeb, Cinderelf, and Collaborating Online. And this podcast has a new sponsor... Um, this on this episode, um, you may have heard me on Tyler Gorman. That's um, Tyler. He runs the Pumpkin Copter Cast over on YouTube. I've been on his show a couple of times. Um, so this episode is brought to you by Tyler's show, The Pumpkin Copter Cast, but it's also brought to you by his newer show, Gotta Recap 'Em All. 
where him and a friend is it's a recap podcast for him and his friend Tom take on the Herculean task of watching every single episode of the Pokemon anime as well as all of the movies. It's about 13 or 14 episodes in and it's a riot and it's great to listen to and you should check it out. And with that, I have a returning guest, although he's brand new to this podcast. Um, you hopefully will have heard his episode of the other show by the time this releases. Chris, reintroduce yourself to the world. Yes, I'm Chris Pranger, and in this podcast, I will be playing the role of a former Game Crazy employee back Love from it. all the way in 2005. Wow. 2005, which, you know, seems like the future in my brain until I remember that it was 15 goddamn years ago. It's it's crazy to think, like, wow, that's all the stuff that was going on. I'm like, oh, what was the big thing? And, like, while I was at Game Crazy, the big thing that happened in 2005 was the launch of the Xbox 360. <sighs> and that's, that's like, my big claim to fame is, yeah, I was there during, during the launch of the 360. The I Xbox 360 launched in 2005. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. You, you know what's crazy is my Xbox 360 is still going strong. I, I too, have an Xbox 360 that I... Well, we switched over to an Xbox One, and, like, now we have the current consoles just because we got a PS4, I have a Switch, and then someone had given us an Xbox One, which is like, well, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> give it here, give it here. <laughs> I'll take this... Yes. Oh, oh, please, um, no, this is terrible. Don't give this to me. Put it, put it up, put it up. Tell, tell me which, which the funny thing is, like, my Xbox One, the only thing it really does is use play Rare Replay. And so right now it's like, what's what's it doing? Like, oh, I use it to play Banjo-Tooie with the kids. My my, and, my uh, Xbox my Xbox 360 was that thing that I have that I play Rock Band on. Nice. Um, I have other games on it, but it literally was like Rock Band in, in college and in grad school was my was my, like, Guitar Hero and then Rock Band were, like, my therapy. Like, okay. that's, like, I'd come back and just sit, and it was just, and it was it was on at every party. And so when my first Xbox 360 red ringed, it was, like, I, I reached out to, like, everybody in my family. It was just, like, my birthday is coming up in two months. I do not want anything else from anybody. I would just like you all to give me, like, 20 or 30 bucks and when I get that money, I'm going to buy a new Xbox 360 because I need it to not mm -hmm. kill people. <laughs> my, I got my Xbox 360 as a wedding gift. Oh, back that's in awesome. 2009. And it was amazing because, you know, my soon-to-be wife and I are, are walking around like Target or someplace doing the registry. And we're, you know, scanning the stuff. And I'm like, hey... Xbox 360. I want one of those. Blip. She's like, why did you just scan an Xbox 360? Like, it's for us, man. It's an entertainment center type dealy. She's like, but like, no one's gonna get you that. That's like three hundred dollars. I'm like, well, you never know. Well, sure enough, like all of my friends got together and they decided they're gonna buy me the Xbox 360 for as a wedding gift. And one of my groomsmen, who is my wife's brother, so my brother-in-law, who we had some some rough times in the beginning of the marriage he comes up to me like right before the like the wedding and he's like hey so all your friends got you an xbox 360 i'm like what and all my friends are like what like looking like why are you telling him this i'm like oh thank thank you and he's like oh i guess that's supposed to be a surprise and they're all like yeah and then i'm just like the, <laughs> the whole wedding i'm just looking over the gifts and i can see the square box i'm like that's my 360 also i do but that's my 360 
Yes, as long as the 360 can come home. Can it come home? Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, I, I got it. It's a, it's still a white Xbox 360, so I, I think those are still the old, old style. It's definitely not an yep. elite. Um, and it hasn't red-ringed on me yet. So Good for you, man. That's yeah. awesome. I think it's all just because it's a, it's like a wedding gift, so it's it has that extra special power to, like... Yeah, it knows going. better. Mm-hmm. And I was careful, like... Anytime I put in a disc, like I put in, uh, I think Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the one that came with uh, like the bundle, it was like that. Yep. I think maybe Forza. I put, like, I'm, I'm gonna play Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I put it in the disc, just goes. I'm like, nope, not that one, not that one. <laughs> check, <to> check. <laughs> Didn't like that one, did you, boy? Like, nope. All right. So yeah, it's it's crazy because game crazy. You, what state were you in when you worked at Game Crazy? Oh boy, you know, well, the state of Oregon, but also the state of change for sure, because it was right yes. out of high school. Um, and in fact, this was like my first encounter with a quote-unquote dream job, because throughout all of high school, it's like, where should I work? Boy, getting to work at a video game store, won't that be the bee's knees? And <laughs> I had applied for Game Crazies around the area. Uh, multiple times, um, and I had one that was actually closer to where I lived um, in Hillsborough, Oregon, but they weren't hiring at the time, and I got really close, and then I, I got too cocky thinking that I already got the job, and so then I, like, tried to bring in other friends to, like, introduce them to the manager, and the guy, like, got really ticked off. He's like, I don't know why you're showing me your friends. Like, you don't even have a job here yet. I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. You know, some, something that a stupid high school student does, so it doesn't know any better, um, but after high school, another position opens up for you know just basic you know game crazy employee over in one in uh town of aloha which is on the edge of hillsborough like for reference there's hillsborough and beaverton are two pretty big cities aloha is in the middle of those and technically aloha isn't is it's not its own city um it's just that neither hillsborough nor beaverton want to take ownership of it so they push it on the other like no 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 that's beaverton's beaverton's like no 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 that's definitely hillsborough and lois just hi oh, yeah, hi guys so that was the game craze i worked at was this the one in this kind of no no man's land of a of a principality um off of actually the one thing i do love is it's off the uh, the Twalton valley highway this is like the stupidest thing to geek out about is that we have 12th Valley Highway, which we call TV Highway, and there's a movie theater on TV Highway called Movies on TV, and I'm just like, hmm, that's such a good name for a movie theater. <laughs> it's a dumb thing to get excited about. No, right? it's awesome. No, Every it, time it, I see, yeah. And it's so, a real cinema, but it's like, oh, Movies on TV? I'm like, yes! Love it! I love it. So, since, um, you know, I started this show thinking it would be this is way back when I started it, thinking, okay, I'll get a few people that used to work with me at Blockbuster and then the stories will be over. And then people started jumping on from other stores. And, you know, I got a guy from a porn store and a guy from movie gallery and, you know, all this other stuff. Um, I had never heard of Game Crazy until I had my first guest that had worked at Hollywood Video on to talk about the Game Crazy that was... You know, the creepy chain link fence Silent Hill area in the back of his store that had its own entrance. And so, you know, before getting into it, I wanted to give viewers who may not have heard that episode an, an idea that so Hollywood Video and I guess Movie Gallery, because Movie Gallery had Game Zone and Hollywood Video had Game Crazy, but I guess at some point they ended up both being owned by Movie Gallery 
which yes. is a very strange comeuppance. But was your game crazy like a little growth within a Hollywood video or was it even next to one or was it just its own thing? Yes. So the way it worked, and this is so for more context for a lot of people who maybe not either don't know about game crazies, don't understand what Holly, why Hollywood video went out of business so spectacularly when it did. Um, so Hollywood video slash game crazy slash movie gallery had a really good business model. And it was actually really smart where a lot of the Hollywood video stores were pretty standard in our area. We actually didn't have a lot of blockbusters. We had a lot of like we had a couple of video lands when I was a kid. Um, big throwback there if anyone remembers a video land or like the little mom and pop store, like Moyer's first stop video. And then we had some Hollywood video. Suddenly Hollywood video moved in and became the big thing. So there was Hollywood videos all over our area, like the greater Portland area. But the, the, the storefronts for Hollywood video were pretty big. And once DVD started taking over and people stopped really needing that much space for a video store, they realized, hey, we have all this extra space that's kind of going unused. So for a while, back during like the late 90s, I saw the beginning of Game Crazy. So in a Holly, my, my Hollywood video that I went to the most, this big one um, near this area in Hillsborough called Tannisborn, which is like big shopping area. Um, they had this kiosk set in the back that was just like the circular kiosk with, you know, you get in and it has little cabinets and stuff um, where they set up that you could actually purchase games rather than rent the games. So it's like now you actually have a game place to, to purchase new games, pre-order new games, you could uh, and then get used games as well. And I actually initially pre-ordered Smash Brothers for the N64 one. And I was excited Woo! because the guy first like I came in like, hey, I want to reserve Smash Brothers. He's like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm like, how much are you guys going to be selling it for? Because I was pricing around. He's like, 30 bucks. I'm like, you're going to be selling a game that's normally 50 bucks for 30 bucks? Like, yeah, I, I guess. I said, okay, I want to get that game. So I put down my $5 for my thinking, like, I'm going to save 20 bucks on this when it comes out. And at the time, 50 bucks is a lot of money to me. So oh, yeah. I wait for launch to come out and launch day for Smash Bros. rolls around and they don't have it yet at that Hollywood video. And launch week ends and they don't have a copy. And it took me like two weeks and finally I go, I'm like, where is the copy? Like, finally, I'm like, ah, we got the copies in. Cool. So, all right, it's going to be 50 bucks. You already paid five. I'm like, no, 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 no. I paid five for a $30 game. No, no, it's $50. Something I was quoted at the time. Anyway, I argued with them. We did not settle on a price that I found reasonable. So I went to Toys R Us, another, you know, sadly forgotten almost uh, relic of the past. Rest in peace. Yeah. But that was kind of like the birth of game crazes in these Hollywood video stores is they realized, hey, we have this extra space and we could kind of go into the used game market. So eventually, all the Hollywood videos, so the majority of Hollywood videos in our area, they that had the space converted not necessarily a full half of their store, but like maybe a third or a fourth of their store into a dedicated game crazy, which was its own store unto itself. And it was supposed to have its own hours, its own employees, um, everything. And I always liked game crazies more than like GameStops just because I like the Game Crazies generally had a, a counter that went the entire store length so that yeah. we, could, a, we could display more and we especially had more um, used like um, retro titles and retro stuff. And it also meant that I felt like I could be an employee um, in my side of the of this, you know, transaction, but I could also join the customer at any side of the store 
without having to necessarily go out into the customer area. So that was kind of a nice way of feeling like, oh yeah, I don't have to stand behind one little small counter and call out to them, hello. Like I can come right to them, I can go back, I can leave them alone. So I like that. And the the way that this business model worked so well is that the Hollywood videos were already paying, they were already paying like the payment for the building. And so by cutting into two, they now had two businesses in one business space essentially so they're able to start accounting for shortcomings so for instance our game crazy was the lowest selling game crazy in our district but that was because we didn't have any foot traffic in our area and because we were also the smallest just by like space wise mm. however we had one of the best hollywood videos for some reason it wasn't the largest but it, for some reason it was like the best selling hollywood video so because of that the game crazy didn't matter how much we sold in revenue because the Hollywood video made up for it. And in Tannisborn, meanwhile, which was like the flagship game crazy store, like did a ton of good sales there, but the Hollywood video there wasn't very popular, but they accounted like basically they were, this is a pretty smart way to balance out for any shortcomings in one side of the business it was always made up for it by the other. So in theory, this is a good idea. Yeah. In practice, once they saw success in a few of these stores, they thought they were going to do it everywhere. So I had another friend who worked at a Hollywood video in another part of town that did not have a full space for a game crazy because their space was, they were a long space as opposed to a wide space. So they couldn't chop the wide space into two. They just had this long space that they just decided to put that weird caged off game crazy position in the store and i remember going to the store and talking to him one time like what is that cage back there like that's our that's our game section like it's just this like weird little caged off area that no one's in it just has stuff in it and i'm like well who who sells the stuff from that he's like i don't know like it's in your <laughs> store he's like i don't know like how do you get into it like i don't know do you have a key to it i don't know i think my manager does so what if what do you do if a person asks to go into that cage nobody does like, okay, I'm asking now. And he's like, well, then I'm going to have to call my manager. Do you really want me to do this? I'm like, no, of course not. And it was this, like, that was the problem is the corporate had this idea, but they never listened to the people who actually worked at the stores to find out what was working and what wasn't. And this, every time I came up towards, um, I think our regional manager and tried to explain this, he was always just like, didn't even want to talk to me. Like he, I've been in conversation with this guy where I was trying to tell him business strategies for the base store employee. And he turns away from me mid sentence to talk to somebody else. And I was like, wow, it's good to know exactly where I land on the totem pole. Wow. So like, hey, I'm trying to tell you like your business practice. And they, they, they kind of felt like game crazy fell into the same problems that anyone does where they overbought and they over invested um, where they had a, I think they had a POS system, which was I mean, you can't you can't name a POS system better than a POS system. No, <laughs> and and so they they updated it at one point halfway while I was there, and suddenly everything changed, and so everyone um, who was used to the system suddenly everyone was on square one again. Everyone was poor with the system, and the system crashed like six times a day, and had to do like a five to ten minute reboot, like hard reboot from the beginning which was great when we had a lot of customers come in and be like, Hey, what's going on? Like, sorry, the system has crashed because corporates decided it wants eyes and ears on us at all times. And so it needs to see in real time what we're selling you. Like they want to know how many Yu-Gi-Oh cards we just sold you today. 
And so this system was implemented and it was so hyperactive when you bought anything. And here's a great example of this. Um, I made it a point um, of making sure that all of our stock was out on the floor because my mentality, and rightfully so, was if we are selling, if we have something in our inventory that a customer can't see, they can't ask for that because most people don't even know. Like, would you know there's a custom Spider-Man PlayStation controller? Of course not. Unless you see it, then you think maybe I'll buy that for $20. So right. my thought was anything that has one, you know, or two inventory, like, and there needs to be at least one inventory on the floor of every single thing we have. Otherwise, we can never sell it. So I took a morning and put everything out in the store, found a spot for it, just made space. And thankfully, my district manager, who wasn't the top guy, he always appreciated. He came in. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting everything. Else. That's a great idea. I'm like, thank you. You get it. It's too bad you're not the regional manager who can actually make any changes, but whatever. So I put everything out on the floor. And on the GameCube side, because the big the three systems at the time were the GameCube, the PS2, and the Xbox, I put out Hello Kitty Roller Rescue for the GameCube. And all my, like my manager's like, it's never going to sell. I'm like, I know. But if no one sees it, they can't ask for it. So we have a spot right there. Our one copy of Hello Kitty Roller Rescue sitting on the Lonely GameCube shelf for months, three, four months. And finally, one day, a mom and her daughter come in and they look at the GameCube shelf and they go, oh, my gosh, you have the game. Like, what game? Like, you have Hello Kitty Roller Rescue. We've been looking for that everywhere. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm so excited. Like, yeah. And like, you, you want this game? Like, yeah, we know what it is. You know, yeah, it's, it's a cheesy game, but like, we're really excited for it. I'm like, I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to sell you this game because I never thought anyone would ever get that game. You've proved my point. She's like, yeah. So they're happy. I'm happy. I sell them the game. They're just in a good mood. They leave, and it's just a great experience. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is, this is what it's all about, you know, connecting people with video games and making memories. And the next morning I come in and we have a new shipment, of course. Here's our daily shipment. And what do you know? Two copies of Hello Kitty Roller Rescue for the GameCube. Because according to the, the POS, oh, there's a run on, on Hello Kitty Roller Rescue. The <laughs> you sold out your entire stock in one day. We got to make sure there's double that stock next time those people come back. And I'm thinking, oh. And it was so sad because I filled in that spot on the GameCube shelf thinking that that spot's it's need to fill it up. But nope, had to make that space open again, put another sad copy of Hello Kitty Roller Rescue. Never, never sold another one, of course. But that was like the POS system. Every time you sold one thing, it usually thought that that thing needed to then have two replenishments. So they were buying twice as much as they were selling. Of course. And that was, and, and that was like what we're, we're looking at. We'd get a shipment and we're like, okay, now we have like 50 of these multi-use um like AV cables, which were important, as you probably know, especially for trade-ins. Like, hey, this is the cheapo multi-use one. It works for every system, guaranteed, because it's got the little prong for every system. These are the ones you get, especially if the people come in without the trade-in, like all of the the uh, the cords. And they don't have the AV cords, they can't find it. But like, hey, oh, you're going to get $50 credit. Why don't you just, you know, for $10 off of your credit, you can purchase one of these so you can actually trade it in. We did that a lot with people. But we had so many of those in the back room. It's like, no, there's not, there's never going to be enough people coming in needing these universal AV cables. Like they're useful. They're simple. They're just like, they're, they're like a 
band-aid to a problem, but they just think we need more and more band-aids. Like, dude, we're not we're not getting that injured. Just stop giving us band-aids. We're fine so, with band-aids. So the funny thing about POS systems is and I'm sure Hollywood video and blockbusters and movie galleries were all very similar because Blockbuster had this thing in theirs where their POS system would would watch and view the way people rented and bought in the area. So Blockbuster would do, you know, the stereotypical demographic thing where if you're in an urban area, you're going to get 80 Fast and the Furious ripoffs. And, you know, if you're in a religious area, there's going to be a whole bunch of Passion of the Christ direct-to-video stuff, you know, and, and all this. But they would also react to the way things sold and the way things were pre-ordered. So we found out if you were in a store and you wanted to like get more of something, the best way to do it be like, you know, oh, I'm going to go pre-order this like old copy of The Wicker Man on VHS. And then all of a sudden they send you a rental of it as well. Yeah. Like, oh, people want this. And it's like, oh, cool. We just replenished our broken VHS of The Wicker Man. Here you go. <laughs> and like you, you, you could actually manipulate it like that. It was really interesting. We had weird things in our POS, like when we signed on to start the day, they wanted a few stats, and one of the stats they wanted was, what is the weather out like outside? And I get that they're trying to figure out like ways to predict so that if you say it's a rainy day, and then they see a trend on all rainy days, everyone's buying, I don't know, a Madden or something, they go, oh, rainy day, Madden. I'm thinking, okay, even if you do have this data, what do you do with it? Like... By the time you know the weather for the day, how do you predict what's going to happen? Or do you just assume, like, based on the weather forecast, you send, like, oh, there's supposed to be more rain in the forecast, so here's another, you know, double your Madden copies or something. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, speaking of Madden, that was, like, one of the only big titles that released while I was there, because there was always a Madden release every year, and we got, probably like, 50 copies of it, only sold about... 10 to 15 like it was pre-ordering still doesn't make sense to me and back then it like it made it made a little more sense at the time before all the online pre-orders were like the thing and this was before amazon was the way to go for all your you know pre-order stuff or doing the digital now where you can get it digital so you can play it you know as soon as it goes live you've got it pre-downloaded right. right now um but at the time we would even tell people like like, do I need to, should I pre-order my copy of Madden? I'm like, dude, we're going to have copies of Madden. We're going to have it on all the systems. Like, if you really are desperate for Madden and you need to make sure you get it for your system, unless you're on, like, the GameCube, you don't need to pre-order Madden. Because GameCube, I think, got, like, two copies of Madden for the GameCube. PS2 yeah. and Xbox, like, PS2 got 50 copies. Xbox got, like, 20. Even PSP got, like, 20 copies of Madden at the time. So oh, like, yeah. We're set with Madden. Um, it was the weirdo titles that were like at the time for like Atlas release stuff. Um, oh yeah, the weird, the weird JRPGs or weird uh, like Japanese tactical RPGs, that kind of stuff. The weird oddball stuff that is so iconic to the PS2, where there's just boatloads of it, and a lot of it's good, and the people who played it loved it. But it's so niche that unless you come in and pre-order it, a lot of times we wouldn't get any copies of it. Sometimes we would get a copy of something that just went like, oh, what are the new releases for this week? Oh, yeah, here's this release of, like, Ultimate Spider-Man for all the systems. So it's, we've got 
dozens of copies for each. And here's this really niche JRPG title. We got two copies, and oh, they were both pre-ordered, so now we're out of copies, basically. And that was the only reason ever to pre-order. And we tell people, you know, oh, is this game coming out? I'm like, whoa, if you want that game, you need to pre-order that one now. Because otherwise, we're not going to get any more copies of that thing. Like, it's going to be in and out. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Game crazy. Indeed. Oh, man. (laughs) So, were you at the same store the whole time? How long were you there? I was there for, was it five to six months? I think I started in July, and I wrapped up at the end of 2005. um, Like, mid or the day after christmas i think was my last day like a couple days after that where i was like i had gotten to the point in just like half a year in retail my first real real job i was so bitter having worked there because i ended up where i was the opener and my boss was only a few years older than me and he was so Oh, it was really aggravating because he was he drank all the corporate Kool-Aid and he loved to just spill back the messaging that corporate told us and, and like, oh, we need to sell this, we need to sell that. And he never really seemed like he knew what he was doing. And when they're only a few years older than you, it's really hard for you to take that leadership. And he he taught me how to open the store, but never taught me how to close. So in six months, I, I never closed the store and I never learned how like i didn't know how to close a register i didn't know how to do the bank slip and all that i only knew how to open a register do all the trade-ins get the store ready count everything up deposit the money and all that it was it was weird and so as that opener like i would have a lot of time in the morning because no one would come in um and this a lot of this was right year um so i would you know i would open the store at 10 and um, by noon, when like the mid shift to the, like the closer shift came in to overlap, there was like nobody who'd come into the store. Right? We'd have maybe 10 customers the entire time. And of course, you know, we were supposed to sell the MVP cards, which were the ones you get 10% more in trade in, 10% off of uh, used copies. And plus, you got, I think, a magazine subscription of your choice. And, um, five free disc buffs or something like that and, and so it was a terrible deal where we and, we and anyone who did the math understood that this was a terrible deal of like what is this mvp card like okay so it costs 20 bucks to get 10 percent off and 10 percent more so that means to break even for the year you have to spend or trade in a combined total of 200 dollars in value before you broke even that's just basic standard math and a lot yeah. of people understand that. We're like, that's how well, that's what you have to do before you broke even on the twenty dollar purchase that you've done. And then the renewal fee every year after that was only fifteen. So then you only had to spend one hundred and fifty or trade in to com- uh, combine them at one hundred fifty. The only people that ever really took advantage that we saw take advantage of this really really well were the people who were the habitual um, trade in people who would come in, they buy the new games, they'd finish them that week, come back the next week, trade them all in. And they just kind of kept this cycle going. Like they benefited from having an MVP card and they already had them. So it's like, we had maybe a dozen customers like that and they all had MVP cards. So we couldn't sell them anymore. Right. You weren't making any sales. Yeah. So I'm like, who are the people who come into my store in in the early morning? Uh, We have our regular customers who already either have MVP, MVP cards or they know what they are. They don't want them. Um, we have kids who are skipping school. 
so so they're not going to do anything they're like they're there just to like waste time or parents who bring their kids in drop them off like it's a daycare and leave for two hours um because we had game demos to play um and then of course the moms or grandmothers or aunts were not stereotypical to say but that was predominantly who came in to get birthday gifts um was always mom and aunt or grandmother who came in having no idea what their kid wanted um but they would come in for the birthday gift. And so it's like they're there for the first time and last time. They don't need an MVP card. And they they had enough wherewithal. When I explained what it was, they'd look at me like, why would I need that? And I would go, you don't. You're smart enough to know that, obviously. I'm smart enough to know that. I just have to say this spiel to you because my boss wants me to. Yep. And after six months of like repeatedly being like, told again and again, like, you have to sell, you have to sell, you have to sell. And I'm like, I can't sell these because there's no customers to sell to. And I had to explain it to this, the regional manager who came in. He's like, I see your MVP card numbers are low. Why is that? I'm like, well, I have had 10 customers come in today so far as the opener. One of them is you. Would you like an MVP card? He's like, I already Mm -hmm. have. I know that. And uh, it's so frustrating. So like after six months of that and like starting to see the worst of people, dealing with just awful people, I became so embittered so fast. And I realized that like, it was making me hate people and I didn't want to hate people. Yeah. Like I, someone would come into my store and they didn't even do anything. They just walked in the door and I was always already angry. And then I would catch myself like, why am I so angry? Like they've done nothing. They've just walked in. And then that other part of me, the lizard part of me is like, but they invaded your space. This is your territory. It's supposed to be quiet while you finish your work in the morning. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but no, that's not how a business works. I don't care. They should leave now. And it's I like finally the, was it's like, like the Green Goblin. Yeah. And I went and talked to my dad. And I was like, Dad, I can't do this anymore. He's like, well, you have two options. Like, you either are working or you're going to school. I'm like, well, I can't do this anymore. So I guess I got to go to school. And then I just kind of on a whim decided to go to college, which is always the best way to decide to go to college is on a whim. <laughs> Yeah, by the seat of my pants, college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just throw that dart, and I'm going to go to college next. That's this is a good idea. This 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 was an interesting turn of events. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of good. There's some highs and definite lows while I was there. Um, we had, you know, every I think everyone in retail's got their great stories, and in game stores especially, they got that relatable feeling of like ah yes you you've seen this person and um like there were two like I'll, let me tell you a story of one of my favorite customers ever who okay got me. so this kid comes in and we always would tell explain to people we had to explain the return policy constantly kid comes in he had just bought a new game um on i think the ps2 and he says hey um, I don't like this game. I would like to refund it. And we say, well, our return policy is very clear. Seven days unopened. Otherwise, we can't return it unless it's defective. And he goes, oh, well, it also is broken. That's why I don't like it. I'm like, oh, he says, yes, it doesn't play past the fourth level. That's like, ah, this is a big game. And I realized that t- just to play through an hour store to get to the fourth level would take like an hour or more. And I never even played the game before, so I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to take. So I'm like, so tell me it's broken on the fourth level. He's like, yep, it's broken on the fourth level. It doesn't play after that, so it's defective. I'm like, I'll tell you what. I will replace your copy of this game 
uh, with the new copy. I'll take this one in and I'll put down as defective. Uh, but that's the best I can do. He's like, okay, thanks. So I give him a new copy, uh, take the old one, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of putting, like, in the back room, putting the defective sticker on. I come out and I see a different employee shake the kid's hand and give him his money. And the kid walks off and waves at me and goes by. I'm like, what, did she, what just happened? And the guy's like, he's like, what do you mean what just happened? The kid brought in an unopened copy with his receipt. It was only, I only bought it like two days ago. I'm like, oh, I shit. Gave him that un- yeah, I'm like, I just gave him that unopened copy. And he's like, you what? I'm like, he came in and he had to open it. He didn't want it. He just wanted to trade. I'm like, are you kidding me? So that kid pulled a fast one on us. And I'm like, and for a second there, I was mad. But this, this next second, I was like, you know what? Game respects game. Kid knew how to play that and he played it well. So I couldn't yeah. stay really mad at him. Especially because he, he had that smirk. Like, he's like, I knew I got you. Like, ooh, you figured this system out fast. All right, you know. At least it meant you were listening to my spiel about the return policy. Oh, you've won this round, kid. Yeah, you. How dare you do everything legal the exact way I said you had to do it? Shit. How dare you find the perfect loophole? And of course, it didn't hurt my numbers or anything. It doesn't hurt your numbers by having fun on games, game purchases, but it was all. Oh, it was just such a funny moment. Of, oh, yeah, like I'll give a clever, a, a clever employee on that. Then there were the less, uh, the, the cl- clever customer, less, there was the less clever customers sometimes. And um, we had one, that, like we had this happen multiple times where it was usually like a dad and a kid or a grandmother and a kid would come in and get a game or do a trade in. And then the next day, the mother comes in and informs us that they weren't supposed to do that. And so one day, we have a dad and their kid comes in with an Xbox, and they've got a monster cable. Uh, if if anyone's familiar with monster cables at the time, and I don't know. Oh if yeah, yeah. This AV cable that's supposed to cost like a hundred dollars for the cable alone, and the person comes in like, "Hey, we want to trade this system in and get some." cash you know get some store credit to buy some other stuff we're like okay well we need to make sure that every system we sell has to have the power cords the av cables and one controller and the system has to turn on when we plug it in that's all we need just to prove that it works um and so they they brought in this system like okay well the only av cable we have is the monster cable here and we like we tell them like well this is a hundred dollar cable like that's you sure you want to trade this in with the hundred dollar cable the hundred dollar cable on its own is has a higher trade-in value than the system and they're like no it's just fine it's fine and like do you want to like wouldn't you rather like keep the trip keep the monster cable for the next system whatever and like get one of you know spend ten dollars get the cheapo like universal cable that works fine too he's like no it's fine like okay we explained to him we traded it in as is and sure enough we put it up we put it in a little kiosk. It's like, hey, this is the normal price for a used Xbox that works. And it includes a monster cable, $100 value for no cost extra. And, of course, that thing was gone within an hour as soon as someone came in and said, whoa, that's almost worth it just to buy it for the monster cable. Yep, sure is. Does the monster yeah. cable make it better? Sure doesn't, but it costs $100. So if you think you need one, go. Oh, go. those monster cables. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a ruse. Next day, the mother comes in. She's like, hi. Uh, yesterday, my husband and my son came in and traded in an Xbox with a with a, a special AV cable. I'm like, ah, yeah, you, 
your family's the one that traded in the Xbox with the monster kid. Which like, that's the one. I'm like, yeah. What can we do for you? She's like, well, as you know, that's a hundred dollar cable. Like, we do know. We told them that multiple times. He's like, yeah, exactly. So you understand. I'm like, I, I understand that we traded it in and then sold it. And they're like, oh, well, as you understand, they shouldn't have done that. And I really think that we need to get that cable back. I'm like, oh, well, we do sell them for a hundred dollars. She's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, I want the cable back to ours. I'm like, but you don't have one. We, you traded in the one and we, we, we sold it. And she's like, well, obviously that's a bad trade. I'm like, yes, we explained that to your husband. And he did it anyway. She's like, well, he should have done that. I'm like, well, I'm not here to judge what your husband should have done. That's between you and your husband. But this is business that it is. She's like, well, can I get some store credit like they did get store credit for it it was just like how much like oh look the trading value they got about 25 dollars store credit and I'm like, she's like well that's not that's ridiculous I'm like, it sure was yeah we and, we highly tried to advise them against it <laughs> yeah like we're going around in circles here and the she's just like well what can you do for me i'm like um i got a whole lot of nothing back here that i could do for you like i don't know what to tell you like this your husband was of legal age to trade stuff in. We explained what was going on. We didn't take advantage of him. He got lazy, I guess. Like, I don't know. He wanted to do it. So, like, she's like, okay, thanks. She leaves. And she kept coming back and trying to, like, ask, like, so, have you done anything about Monster Cable? I'm like, oh, no, we haven't. And somehow she was never a problem. She just, like, never. She was just, she was short-circuiting. She's just like, but. Yeah. But 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 why did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should go talk to him. <laughs> a couple weeks later, she would come in like, oh, hi, it's me. I'm like, oh, nice to see you again. How are you? She's like, I'm great. How's my monster cable? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Still traded away. It's gone. And like she even tried to come in like when there was the Xbox 360 launch and then the shortage of those. She's like, hey, do you have any 360s? Like, we have some for pre-ordered people. It's like, well, could could you put us at the front of that list? I mean, because of the whole monster cable thing, I'm like, oh, no, we can't. We can put you at the end of the list because of the whole monster cable thing, if you'd like. Yeah, maybe you should have come in and pre-ordered it. How, exactly. how about that? Another great example of the family coming in early before the mom. We have a grandmother and her, I'm going to say, nine or ten-year-old grandson comes in. And grandmother says, so my grandson helped me do some chores this weekend. And he was really good. And I told him he could get any game he wants uh, from the store as long as he did all the chores. And he helped me so much. I'm like, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. She's like, now, what game did you want? He whispers, oh, sorry, that's I'm like, I'm like hearing the, oh, no. She's like, what, what game? He wants a game called Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> And I, I, I tell, I tell him like, okay, just so you know, that is an M-rated game, which means that he needs to be at least. We recommend seventeen years or older. You have to be seventeen to purchase purchase it yourself. Um, the, and it is rated M for um, violence, blood, sex, drugs, basically anything you want. All bad things that a kid could do in a game, you can do in this game. Um, you can, and like you can steal a car, drive it over a hooker get out of the car, beat a cop to death, and steal their money and drive away to go buy drugs. And she goes, oh, my. Is that the one you want? The kid's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
She's like, well, he says that's the one he wants. I'm like, okay, well, I have told you about this game. Here it is. She's like, you. so she's like, okay. And I'm like, you're, are you 17 or older? She's like, of course, dear. I'm like, okay, let me see your ID. Just for some reason, you know, just to make sure the kid didn't get like three of his classmates in a, you know, in a, in a suit or something. <laughs> Muppet man. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so I'm like, okay, the kid buys a, a copy of San Andreas and a strategy guide and leaves. I'm like, okay. Next day, uh, mom comes in and I'm just like, I'm from the back room and I hear this mom come in. And she says, excuse me, uh, my, my, my mother and my son came in yesterday and I walked out and I'm like, hold on, I'll take care of this one. Like, let me guess. They bought San Andreas. Yes, they did. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, do you think that's an acceptable game for a child? I'm like, I do not, ma'am. I don't at all. And I explained that to your mother very clearly. She's like, I know. She should have listened to me. Like, she should have listened to you. I'm surprised she didn't. She's like, what are we going to do about it? And I basically turned to my manager. Well, what are we going to do about it? And he realized that this was like, she was in a pleasant mood and it was not worth going, making her go with nuclear. So he's like, we're going to give you a full refund. I'm like, Oh, look at that. We're going to find a way to give you a full refund. Thank you, manager. You know, she was so sweet. So happy. She's like, thank you for understanding. I'm like, you know what? I do. She leaves the managers, looks at me and she's like, what just happened? I'm like, look, you know, as well as I, that that could have gone very South if we fought with that at all. Like, that could have been a very abraded co- interaction with a customer, and we kept that to an E for all. So, <laughs> that was the E. Oh, man. My name is Gibetto Funkin, one shoe stumble, knackle timber shivers at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The Many Pennies? The Many Pennies. Them. I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this 24 item to do list, and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know, I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at adventureinkpod.com. Like it's it's always fun when you have customers who get it and like are kind of on the same wavelength with you, because the customers who don't are just hard to deal with. Um, when the Xbox 360 launched, we had a list of 50 pre-orders, um, and then we get the call from corporate that on launch day we're getting six. So we're like, what? We're getting the six? Like, yes. Yeah. So you have to call the six who are getting their systems day one and then call the other 44 and let them know that they will not and they are still waiting. So I was like, oh boy. And I told my manager, like, you get to call the 44 who don't get their systems because I am not at that, I'm not paid enough to do that. But I'll call the six to let them know. Okay. So after we hang up with the sixth person, letting them know that their Xbox will be there the next day. We get another call from corporate. They said, actually, Microsoft has pulled a thousand from our district and given them to Best Buy because they're better customers for Microsoft. So your store's only getting five. So like, what? 
Because you have to call back. So we had to call back the sixth person and tell him, actually, addendum, you don't get your system day one. And thankfully, the guy was super understanding, super chill, because that was a big roll of the dice. Like, oh boy, okay, this this is going to go only two ways. It's either going to be a non-issue or it's going to be a big issue. And thankfully, that was just okay, cool. I get it. Not your fault. And we, I would every day that we didn't have the systems to fill the pre-orders, I was stressed because store policy and like state law mandated if you uh, if you pre-order a game or a system we are mandated to give you a full refund with your receipt of course but we give you a full refund however you purchased it and a lot of people purchase stuff with cash so some people had over seven hundred dollars of cash pre-order like to put it down for five hundred dollars for a system another like hundred or two hundred dollars for games another like 10 or 15 for like base plates remember those and and so I looked at them like if and I told the manager if even one person comes in asking for their full cash money back legally we have to give it to them and we can't afford to do it on even one because we had I think at most like two hundred dollars in cash in the store like and that was like if we rated petty cash and the cash reserves and all the cash registers we only had like 200 maybe 300 at most so it's like if even one person needs a refund we're screwed like we have to call corporate immediately because we don't have that much money in the store it was crazy and we were always on pins and needles like every day like is this the day that someone comes in and decides they want to rightfully legally get their money back and what do we do we can't do that like we're gonna have to call the police on ourselves because we don't know how to deal with that and it was still tense. People were always like, where's our system? What's going on? People calling constantly. People come into the store and they would be a little miffed and they'd be like, yeah, where's the, where's, so where's the systems? I'm like, I don't know. Like we're waiting for Microsoft to sell. Like, yeah, well I called Microsoft and they said it's because you guys didn't order. We're like, excuse me. <laughs> we did. Here's a sheet. This is a pre-order sheet, you know, but also known as an order form. They're like, oh, well, that's what they told us. So I got on the phone immediately, like in the middle of the store, like on, you know, speakerphone calling Microsoft, like directly, you know, waiting an hour for it to get through. And they're like, what can we do for you? I'm like, hi, I'm here from Game Crazy Store or whatever. I'm like, yes, what can I do for you? Yeah, apparently you're telling customers that we're the ones at fault. Like, oh, no, not at all. Obviously, there's shortages. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But uh, but you're telling customers that it's our fault. No, I'm like, yes, but but you are. Well, I'm not. Well, you may not be, but like basically, like I, I don't know what this conversation is gonna gonna do, other than just let me blow off steam and just tell you, let me tell you, Mister, this is what you're doing to us. <laughs> and after like two two weeks or more of this stress, uh, the we had representatives from Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo who come to the store um, like once a month, basically to give us new uh, new assets to put up in the store, a little decal, sometimes some game demos and information about new game titles. And the Microsoft employee, like rep, she comes in the store and she's not making any eye contact with me because as soon as she walks in, I'm just giving her like just, just the dead eyes, just looking at her, waiting for her to come over to me. And she's just, you know, hum, 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 goes over, you know, cleaning up some stuff, putting in some new promotional brochures. And I'm just like, when's she going to come over here? And she finally just, Oh, hi. I'm like, hi there. What you got for us today? It's like, well, I have a great box for you. I'm like, is it an Xbox? Is it 50 Xboxes? Because we would love some of those. She's like, no, but we do have some things to help in the meantime. I'm like, oh, do you? 
opens this box and like, what have you got to give to us? Like, well, we have some post-it notes and pens and pins and stickers. Like, oh, so when someone comes in and wants their five hundred dollars system that they paid for, it's okay because I can give them some post-it notes with an Xbox three sixty logo on it. She's like, that's all I got. I'm like, well, bloody dog. And of course, I'm like, what am I going to do? She's not at fault. I'm just blowing off steam again. I'm being a jerk to her, but it's one of those like, well, I'm not going to be a total jerk. I'm not going to be rude and awful. I'm not going to be insulting. I'm just going to give her a little hard time. And it was still petty. I know. That was the world we lived in. It was was Mad Max times. It was Mad Max times. (laughs) Oh, man. This is nuts. I, I still can't get over that. It's like, yeah, here, here's some stationery. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, they'll be fine with some Microsoft stationery. We, yeah, we, have, we have a lanyard. How about a lanyard? A lanyard will make them feel great. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. We had a we definitely had lanyards. So people would come in like, hey, my, has my 360 come in? Even better. Boy, <laughs> have you always wanted to write down how you wanted a 360? Well, we got some post notes for you. Like, what good is this? Ah, Touche. How about a pen to help you write on that post-it note? These came straight from Microsoft, man. This is how they appreciate you as a customer right here. Yeah, I'm supposed to only give one of these swag out to people. I'm going to give you each one of these items. How about that? Wow. (laughs) My my entire life, this is all I actually wanted for $500 was some post-it notes and a pen. And they just give us this look like, really? I'm like, and you can also purchase one of many faceplates that we have many, many copies of. Would you like a faceplate or a copy of Gun for the 360 or King Kong for the 360 or Burnout Revenge for the 360? Like, We have them. We have lots of them. Yep. Get them now before there's a run on those games. Oh, man. Oh, I played all three of those games. We, I remember seeing, like, we had a, a, a um, 360 for the demo kiosk, and we had it sitting upright because we were told that was, you could do that. Well, we learned very quickly in, like, the early 360s that if you had them standing upright, sometimes the disc just decides to router itself out. So we put a disc into it, and we just hear it, like, oh, no, we've spit it out. It's like a King Kong disc, spit it out. It's completely just routered out. I'm like, well, that's, that's dead. All right, well, let's put the 360 back on its side. Like that's can't can't be standing upright anymore. I guess not. <laughs> oh. oh, the before time, the long, long ago, as it were. Every I was it, there. Oh, one big release we had come out was the first Guitar Hero, and that yeah. was that was great. So the first Guitar Hero on the PS2. <coughs> Excuse me. We had the first guitar here on the PS2 come out, and we got, like, every store got a full copy of it just for demo purposes, in yep. addition to, like, the store copies. And corporate's like, we want you to put this up. My manager didn't understand one day. He comes in, and I'm playing Guitar Hero on our PS2, like, stand up near the front of the store. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this game is going to be big, man. It's called Guitar Hero, and it's like you're really playing a guitar. And he's like, okay. And he's like, really? I'm like, trust me, man. And he, you know, uh, that was one of my few, you know, oracle moments of, ah, yes, I let me say the sooth, because I can see in the future, this is going to be big for a hot minute. And every store had, like, their one person who was a Guitar Hero legend, and they had their thing. Yeah. I was I was our store's Guitar Hero guy. My thing was that I could play 
Spanish Castle Magic on Expert Behind My Head. Yeah. I was like, that was, you know, one of the coolest things as, you know, a 19-year-old, like, I'm cool, guys, check this out. Like, can you play that song for real? Not at all, but check not, this. Not at all, but with this plastic guitar, I feel like I'm the best. Yeah, and like, you know, like 11, 12-year-olds come in, oh, man, that guy's got it going on. You're right, daddy-o, because, you know, that's how we talked back in 2005. Uh, oh, one of my one of my favorite claims to fame, even though I felt terrible about it, but the kid's dad thought it was hilarious, was uh, at, at a NASCAR race of all places. <laughs> they had a Guitar Hero kiosk when Guitar Hero Aerosmith came out and I had not played the game yet. And then they like had they had like a stage set up with smoke and lights and everything. And this little kid was like, "Is there anyone out here who can defeat me?" Like he was being like all like, and he was like twelve, and I was probably twenty six. And this kid's dad like looked really embarrassed. And I walked over. And this kid was totally like he'd be he'd be an obnoxious Twitch streamer nowadays. If, if he, and and I walked over. I was like, I'll play against you. And the kid goes, Sure, old man. Can you do it on expert? And I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> sure, whatever. And I completely annihilated this little kid. Nice. And it felt so bad. But his dad high fived me, and he's like, Yeah, thank you, dude. He needed to take it down a few notches. And I was like, oh my god. Oh man. So harmonics, I, I don't know if you've heard, um, but I got to witness and didn't so so I, I love harmonics, the company mm-hmm. that makes makes Guitar Hero. They're from Boston. Um and uh, oh, nice. they, they they're they're pretty great. And um they made these PS2 games prior to Guitar Hero called Frequency and Amplitude. Did you ever play them? Uh, I think I did. I'm familiar with them at the very least. So they were those, they were music games, but instead of it being, you know, you're playing it with an instrument, you're using the controller and you're jumping track to track. And it's like a game of like spinning plates. So you have to play like a bar of the song, but if that drops out, you lose points. So you have to keep jumping around. And when they made a PSP version of Rock Band, they made it in that format, so it had the rock band look, but because it's on the PSP, there's no instrument, so they made it be frequency and amplitude again, and I was so happy to see that. Oh. And, you know, they've they've tried the rock band 3 and the rock band 4, and they didn't stick, and they've got that, like, at-home, like, sampling song game that people seem to like, but it's kind of a niche thing. And then their big money maker is Dance Central. Like they've done three of those now, and they're they're making a ton of money. Dance games not really my thing. I've played like DDR and stuff in the past, but I get to PAX, and I'm walking out there on the floor, and I see this giant friggin' kiosk they have there with a huge like EDM stage set up with pyro and shit going off, and I'm like, oh, that's a it must be some sort of rhythm game. Let me go check it out. And I'm actually in line, and it took me getting the controller in my hands and looking at the screen, and I go, huh? I bet you this is a harmonics game. <laughs> and I was so excited after I played it. It's called Fuser, and what you do is it's it's like a weird mix between frequency amplitude and DJ Hero, which wasn't them, but of all things, and the audience is like like sending you like text like requests from the crowd and you like have to change up the song and mess around with stuff in like really fast moving real time and it's 
really chill. And one of the designers was there and I was like, you know, this has a very same feeling and as the community aspect that I loved from Guitar Hero and Rock Band of like one person could be playing it, but the room is going to enjoy it. And he goes, you know, that's exactly what we were going for is we wanted it to be a game that you could like turn on at the beginning of a party and just have like the controller pass through the room and everybody in the room is like setting the music for the party. And nice. I'm like, all right, that's actually really cool. So if you haven't heard of it, because obviously we're, we're both video game guys. Uh, I mean, you're, you're the guy that worked for Nintendo, for Christ's sakes. But, um, uh, you know, it's a hell of a game, and it's coming out on the Switch. And so I'm super jazzed about that. But nice. anyway, as you were saying, you just I went off on my, my harmonics love tangent there for a minute. It's a fascinating, like, it's fascinating to see, like, the boom of the rhythm-based especially instrument-based rhythm games, like that was like the big thing in the industry. And then just overnight, like gone. It was here, yeah. it was gone. It was, that was wild. And it's a bummer, right? Because they, they were very good games. <laughs> they is... were. I, I'm, I'm actually really disappointed that we didn't get like a full realization from them. Like right when streaming started to become a thing for like either Rock Band or Guitar Hero to realize, hey, Everyone's already got the instruments. If we just made like an online service that's continually updating with new songs or cycling through with new stuff, we could keep the subscription service going. We wouldn't have to keep making new ver whole versions of the games with whole new instruments, just eating at our own costs. And eventually this, you know, diminishing returns is going to set in. And at that point they could have easily done it. Like me, you know, as the armchair, uh, I really thought the fan created thing was going to take off for them like that for that like yeah. last year of guitar hero uh, sort of rock band where they had like the crazy huge like thousand to two thousand song deep fan created song database that you could buy. I, mm -hmm. I thought I thought that was going to be the um, and they did too. Like I knew people that worked there and they really thought that was going to take off. Like the game yeah. would be kind of become self, it would just kind of like perpetual motion machine itself into the stratosphere. Um, mm -hmm. That 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 was where the you know okay you know we're not going to fight Activision and we're going to let their instruments work for our game because why would we want to make a niche market out of this? We want more people to play it, not less. You yeah. know, and and it, it it it's a huge bummer. I think the biggest hurt that they had in that, I think the thing that really killed it was Activision didn't see the money in the music game, the like full band game. And so they they and but they have all the they're the big production company, right? They have all the money behind them. So they dropped harmonics and harmonics went off on their own and made the better product, but had a lot of year one bugs because they had to learn how to make instruments all of a sudden. Yep. And that bad press, I don't think they ever quite came back from it. And then Activision went and made their own, like Activision was doing, you know, the illumination to Disney of of making, you know, um, a guitar game. But they didn't do as good of a job as Harmonix did at making the games fun. Yeah. And I think I think that's where they really screwed it. Is they they made you know games with a lot of good songs in them. But they like they made them too tight and turned it into being more of like a 
you have to be exact and perfect and it's all about um you know your achievements and like being better than everyone where harmonics was like we want people to pick it up and have fun like how about the fun yeah (laughs) was i think like with every single cd basically acted like a set list yeah like here's the sets here's the songs you could have and like when you play through the first guitar hero those songs get burned into your memory at this point because of the way that it worked at game crazy where every customer who came in even though we had a memory card and i would unlock like everything every day customer like the first customer would always come in walk up to the thing wipe the memory card so they could start over and then i get to hear everyone do their terrible rendition of smoke on the water trying to learn how to play guitar hero yes on the water ever again that song's dead to me but like you get so used to all the tracks in the in one of the games then when this like all right second game's coming out it's like uh uh-oh um what about all the other tracks that i want to play and it was one thing guitar hero rock band i think had it worse off because once they said like okay this is definitely a party experience it's basically like a karaoke machine first and foremost with some other people who can play some other stuff um mainly the people who can play guitar and bass can join you and then if you got someone who really wants to sit at the drum set and kind of you know dink around with that fine but once you look at that you're like so which game you want to play rock band one or two they're like well what songs are on those you're like well i don't remember like does it have this song well one of them does okay well let's go listen to that song okay do you have this song well i have it as i've got that dlc for which one? I don't know. Let me go see. Like, as soon as you've got that level, it's like, well, you're kind of in a bad spot. At that point, like, and I don't know how to how much they started importing, where, like, if you had the they previous... Fixed it. It, they fixed it when you got to Rock Band 3. So, so by the time Rock Band 3 came out, I think there might have been 10 songs from Rock Band that they just lost the rights to. So... Right. What ended up happening with them is you had to go and like rebuy them and download them. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they gave you with Rock with Rock Band Three, you came with import codes for the first two games, and for like, like five bucks, you could transfer all the songs. And so that was exactly really fair. cool. Yeah. Ugh. And the only <laughs> game they never let you do that for. So they let they made it work for every game. Lego Rock Band, which actually had some great friggin' songs in it. And I don't know if you even knew that ever happened. But, I but left the track, yeah. had great songs in it. And um, Green Day Rock Band both transferred into the full Rock Band playlist. But the only one they, they couldn't make transfer was Beatles. Beatles was its own standalone game. That sounds about right. And the Beatles yeah. game was phenomenal. Like that that wasn't even a rock band game at that point. That game was just an experience. That <laughs> thing was something else. My favorite rhythm based game was DJ Hero. Yes. And, oh yeah. Oh man. I got the best deal on DJ Hero where um Toys R Us had a, a misprint coupon. I mean it was a real coupon, but it was clear like someone had botched this because it was like come in and get DJ Hero one and two and two turntables for 20 bucks oh jesus and i'm like salivating like my time is now it's time to try this so i, so I get you know i go up and grab 
DJ Hero, a second turntable, and DJ Hero 2. I'm like, I would like to purchase this. And they're like, okay, that'll be, you know, like 100 and something. Like, da, 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 slap. What does that coupon say? I'm like, that coupon says, and you haven't got the call yet about it from corporate because that's wrong, but this coupon says I basically get to rob you. And they're like, well, the coupon says it, so it must be true. Blip, like, we're going to honor that. Because, of course, I'm just wow. like, hey, what do I care? And, like, basically, guy high-fives me as I leave with, like, the screamiest deal ever. I'm like, yes! So good. That, this was, was, like, right that was a great piece of hardware, that it DJ Hero game. Oh, that was one of the few times I've ever played a, two games back-to-back where I realized, like, I play all of DJ Hero, I'm like, wow! I'm getting this. This this is like once you play through all of DG Hero, you're like, I get this now. This this feels fun. This feels great. I feel like I'm getting it pretty well. And I looked and I'm like, okay, I have two options in my gaming life now. I either A, move on to a different game, or B, roll right into DJ Hero 2. And I realized if I didn't roll right into DJ Hero 2, I would never play it. So I'm like, let's yeah, do it, man. Exactly. And oh, such a good choice still, because I played the heck out of DJ Hero 2 as well. Both those games were solid, and the only thing I was like, oh, give me more Daft Punk. Like, if we could have got, like, a DLC that was just, like, Daft Punk Alive 2007 would have been the end of me. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just play this every day for the rest of my life. I remember there was a GameStop in Lowell um, near my college, and I was like, all right, I'm interested in this game, but it's going to be the silliest thing in the world to play. And how am I going to convince anyone, like, having this thing sitting around? Like, it's one thing to hand someone a plastic guitar. The minute you play one note on Guitar Hero, you just go, holy shit, right? But but DJ Hero is one of those things where you're like, this is weird. And GameStop understood that. And so they had, like, five, like, in-store play things the day it came out and had like a catered event where like, come and bring your friends, sit down and figure this game out. And I sat down and played it and I was like, I had no intention on buying anything that day. And I just turned to the guy and I said, yes. He's like, what do you mean? I go, I, I need one. <laughs> I'm taking this with me. This is amazing. <laughs> like, I, I just want it now. You're actually making me want to go pull DJ Hero out right now. Oh, such a good game. And like the fact that DJ Hero 2 improved so much on the first game. I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize they would have done that. But they did. Hmm. By the way, speaking of innovation in rhythm games, did you ever get to play um, Rock Band with the pro guitar? I never did. By that point, I was long gone. And I was just like, like the investment would have been way too high. All my friends had moved on. It was like it's time had come and gone for me. So there was this karaoke bar again in Lowell near my college. And (laughs) they had Rock Band night. And so on rock band night, they was a local guy that had a couple of the plastic pro guitars, you know, the ones that had the push buttons, but in all the fret areas. And so they would bring them, but they also modded their own real guitars to work with the game. Oh, whoa. And that was a game changer. I got to say, it, it didn't make the game fun anymore. But if you like, if you know how to play the chords on a real guitar, it was like, holy shit. This is the real chord. Wow. Um, there was another game, and I can't remember the name. It was like Guitar Revolution, or I, I don't know if you do you remember this game? There was another game that was literally just, hey, 
if you own an electric guitar or a bass, this game comes with an adapter that lets you plug it into it. And yeah, and eventually it's a rhythm game. But first, we're going to teach you to play the guitar. Yeah, I don't remember the name, but it was something Revolution, I think. You're it right. was awesome, but it didn't <laughs> sell because it had the learning curve of playing a real instrument. Like yeah, that, that was like that was real instrument. Why, that was why so few people played the drums on guitar on rock band, even though the drums, and once you got it, felt amazing to play because you were actually playing the real coded instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Andrew is an incredible drummer. And he's always the one that busts out the drum kit for rock band at parties because he just perfects everything on every level. It's insane. And I go, how'd you do that? He goes, I dude, I don't even look at the screen. He's <laughs> like, I just know, I just know how to play the song. <laughs> he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, th- this is really cool. Cause you, you most of the time, I, I get people on that, you know, like, oh, I worked there for eight years and it was either there, it was the best time or the worst time of their life or whatever. And in six months, you've got like a veterans level amount of chaos. You must have just you dropped in at the exact right time for <laughs> game game retail, I think. Both the best and worst of it, I would yeah. say. It was interesting. Like, I got to see some weird days. Um, One of the craziest, most surreal days was we kept all of our just original Xbox. This is before the 360 came out. We had all of the original Xboxes up on a shelf, a really high shelf, which is a stupid place to keep those because those things weigh a ton each. We had, like, a dozen of them on this top shelf. And every time a customer wanted something from the top shelf, I would see my manager monkey his way up, basically jump off of the top, off of the counter, and hang from the shelf to grab these things and, and climb down. And I'd be like, dude, get a ladder. And he's like, ah, it's fine. Well, one day I come in, open the door, and I look and I see the shelf has broken itself. And there's a dozen Xboxes laying on the ground with their boxes all dented, like crumpled from one side. Oh. And I look, and I just quickly did the math in my head. I'm like, okay, that's. I'm like, okay, well, that's like a thousand dollars. That's like what thousand and a half, like fifteen hundred dollars, just evaporated right there. That we have to all say is defective because we can't sell any of those ever again. And I call my manager. I'm like, hey, guess what? He's like, what? All, all of our Xboxes are broken. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, the shelf ripped itself out from the wall. I was like, well, that shelf has just ripped itself off the wall. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe when you put 12 heavy Xboxes on it and monkey around on it, it might rip out of the wall. You know, it's just corkboard back there. So it's like that amount of just looking at it like, wow, that's a lot of money that's just, poof, gone. And it's not my problem. So I'm blameless. So it's kind of fun to look at it. But otherwise, you're just like, wow, that's Businesses are weird, man. Crazy. We had what's a good fun story. We had we had a guy come in. We started talking at one of my other uh, my coworkers um, about Yu-Gi-Oh because Yu-Gi-Oh was like the thing that every game crazy like lived off of. That was like. The, the blood cells that pump through the veins of Game Crazy is just yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh card. 
sold that was the thing we sold the most of and every time we got another shipment there was another 30 packs of booster packs and we're like yeah we're still gonna sell through those eventually at like a crazy amount and there's a guy who must have been in his mid to late 30s maybe early 40s talking at a co-worker about Yu-Gi-Oh and my co-worker sitting there like dead-eyed just price gunning stuff just going uh-huh uh-huh and for 30 minutes, the guy's talking at him. And eventually he's like, yeah, yeah I'm really excited about, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! But I'm like, I'm really, I don't know what they're going to do with the next series and all that. See, as how like, in the anime, like, Yuki's not going to be the anime. And I walk over because I know it all. And I should know better. But I'm like, actually, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a title given. Because Yu-Gi-Oh! means king of games. So Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't have to be for the character Yugi. And the guy turns to me... And gets the biggest smile, and I realize what I've done because my coworker immediately disappeared because he realized that the uh, the sight line was broken, so he was gone. This guy turns to me for the next half hour and just talks at me about Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm like, oh, I've asked for this. I've I've done this now. Yep. Yeah. You 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 gave him the opening. The yep. the la- the lamprey has has found his new victim. <laughs> All the lanterns shine on me. <gasps> the next one, I'm like, oh no. We, we've, 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 we've got a guy at work who's similar to that nice nice guy but just he latches on to people and mm-hmm. we always kind of give the like if, if if a new employee's in the office and he walks in we're kind of just like trying to give them the look of don't engage don't engage and he'll say something and we'll go oh yeah you know i'm really interested in that and he goes oh really and then they come he followed me into the bathroom i'm like yeah no that's that's what he does it's fine <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a, a good story of another funny customer interaction. I got a couple more good customer interactions. Here's one where uh, a guy comes in and he's talking. Um, he starts he starts playing a, a demo of um, Burnout Revenge, and you know playing this racing game. And I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, "It's a series of tubes." And I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess it is kind of. And you know, he starts to talk, and we have this conversation for about five minutes until he turns to me confused, and I realize that he had an earpiece in the whole time, having a conversation on the phone with somebody else, and I've just been <laughs> like, and somehow the conversations was contextually like, perfect. They lined up just enough for I'm like, I guess that's a really weird way to phrase this game, but okay, we do this, and I realize that like. He's been not just talking to me this whole time about like he's been talking to the, someone else, but he's actually like he works at the adult store on the other side of the parking lot named Mr. Peeps. So he's actually oh, been Jesus. with his supplier ordering stuff the whole time. Hold on. There was an adult store called Mr. Peeps. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Jesus. And I'm just sitting there like, what is like, I, what, what did you need something? And I'm like. No, of course I run back through the memory of like now a lot of those really out 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 of left field things he said to me in that conversation make more sense because he was not talking to me clearly. Like yes, it is a series of tubes. Okay, goodbye, sir. Oh my lord. <laughs> One of the uh, so in our our area in Aloha and Hillsboro, there's a uh, large Hispanic population. And so um, Spanish is a useful language to know, and I'm stupid and don't know it. And so we'd have a lot of Hispanic customers come in, and they some of them didn't speak either very clear English or any English at all. And I had one time where I had to 
somehow faked my way non-verbally through a conversation to sell somebody a, a Game Boy Advance SP. And it was basically just like all grunts and points from both him and me. And somehow we made it through where he's like, he's like, uh, uh, pointing at the, at the two systems I have back there. I'm like, oh, okay. You want that? And he's like, he points to the third one. I'm like, no, no, no. Eh? And he points to the third one. I go and I take the third one. I throw it on the ground. I'm like, no. <laughs> Done. It's like, it's, it's like ordering food at Denny's while intoxicated. Exactly. Like, good choice. <laughs> it's just like somehow we made it through without being able to speak the same language, and it was like it was a beautiful moment of, you know, yeah, games speak to you in more ways than just normal language. But then there was a different day where a customer comes in and he asks for something, and I'm like, what? What did you say? I'm like. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? And he says it a second time. I'm like, I really, I'm, so, I'm really sorry. I'm, I still am not going to say it a third time. He says a third time. And I finally, after the third time, I was like, sir, I'm really sorry. I don't speak Spanish. And he says really sadly, he's like, he says the thing a fourth time. And then my brain caught up. It's like basically my brain was like a jerk just eating an apple and turns, oh, yeah, that was English the whole time, jerk. I'm like, oh, oh. Thanks, Brain, for finally telling me what he said. I'm like, yeah, that's a perfectly, perfectly perfect sentence that you said perfectly four times in a row. And I was too stupid to hear it. And I was so embarrassed. Like, I'm so sorry. And he's, you know, he's he's quiet. He's like, it's okay. I understand. I'm like, no, that's, no, that's so, 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 so sorry. I really, really, would you like some disc buffs for free? He's like, yeah, I guess. It's like, okay, because like, because you don't deserve to that. I was too stupid for you for that one day. And like, it was another one's like, oh, and he gets out and I'm like, wow, that was a close one. That guy could have been really angry or I could have been in a lot of trouble. But games again smoothed it all out. Wow, dude. The chaos was real. It was real. So my favorite story is the final day I was there. The craziest customer interaction i've had because this was just like it's my last day i'm done after this shift i get a call at 9 45 store doesn't open till 10 so we don't have to even answer the phones for them i answered 9 45 anyway because i'm done with my tasks hello this woman's just yeah i have a lot of problems i want to talk to you about problems like yeah i came in yesterday and i bought some i bought three different things and i'm i'm really mad about them because they're not something's wrong with them okay what you got like, well, first thing, so I bought this this uh, this Scooby-Doo game, and uh, I, I get it home, and it doesn't have the manual in it. I'm like, did you buy it used? You're like, yeah, I bought it used, but it didn't have a manual. I'm like, actually, we don't have to sell the instruction manual with it used. She's like, what? I'm like, well, technically, we don't have to sell you the box anyway. We, we sell it as is. We can just sell you the disc as long as the disc works. It That's the policy. So, like... If you need to, you can always print out a copy of the manual online or something. If you really need to, she's just angry. She's like, like, what else do you got? She's like, well, so the other game I got, I got this game, Cubix, on the GameCube. And I thought, oh, it says on the front of the box that, it, you know, it takes up to two players. And I think, good, this is for my kids. And I get home, we read the instruction manual, and it says you actually need two memory cards to make it work. 
And I go, yeah. She's like, how dare you? I'm like, well, at least that one had the instruction manual, huh? She's just, she's just angry again. I'm like, what do you got? What's your, what's your real complaint? She's like, so the last thing is, we bought a copy of, of, oh God, what is this? Like, we bought a copy of Crazy Taxi on the Dreamcast, and we put it in to the PlayStation, and it will only play the game only plays backwards, and it's, and it's all in German. And I'm just stop. I'm like, okay. None of what you said there is true at all. That's all made up because none of what you said makes any sense. And she's like, well, it just happened. Like, shut up for a minute. She's like, well, she's like, no, no, shut up. Because here's what's, here's why you sound stupid. This is my last day and I'm done after this day. And you know what? If you come in, I will refund all three of those things for you. No questions asked. I'll give you cash back. Not supposed to. You don't even have to bring your receipt, but only if you come to me. My name's Chris. Come only to me, and I'll give it to you. Now, you see, you're getting mad at me, and I'm the only person that can help you. She's like, well, you, you do that. I'm like, yeah, I do it. Are you going to be a jerk to me? No. All right. I'll see you later. She never came in. I couldn't tell if it was just like a troll call in the morning or what. It was like, this is my last day. What else can I just tell someone? Listen, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Just you're done. Stop. Stop. Yeah, uh, shut up, shut up. I'm going to belittle you a little, but I'm going to give you exactly what you want as long as you come and talk to me and only me. Talk to anyone else, you won't get this deal. Come talk to me. Just, okay. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel stupid? It better. I am your only friend here. Wow. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah. That's how it, done it, you get at certain points, though. Yeah, oh, no, you, you absolutely do. It's very freeing. Yep. Oh, man. I have no consequences anymore. I'm free. Oh, what a crazy time. And that that's that's one of the main reasons I, I love doing this show is that everybody approach like I get a lot of comments like, you know, oh, you're just you're just having nostalgia for a shitty capitalist company. And they were and I go, no, that's 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 not why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it because there is a common ground. We all lived through this on the other side of the counter and Mm -hmm. it's good. Like I find every conversation I get into with any one person that I used to work with, or if someone brings it up, it's where the conversation goes because it, it's something that there's really no comparison for now. Like, yeah, there's still game stops and there's still things out there, but they've changed too. They're, they're kind of like Newbury comics that sell video games, you know, at this point, it's all very different. So this time when this industry was kind of an untouchable force, you know, um, and being in the trenches, being, you know, the, the $7 and 50 cents an hour or whatever it is, you know, employee trying to hawk this stuff, but kind of wanting to get the job because you like the product, right? Yeah. It's like, man, not like the store, but I like the product. It, it, it's an interesting time and it brings us all together. And just hearing these stories, it's like we, we're all from different parts of the damn country or the world and we all have the same damn stories. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I loved getting to call the ga- uh, the GameStop that was just down the highway because there was a, a GameStop on TV Highway as well. And every so often a customer would come in and they would tell us, you know, hey, uh, what would you give me trading credit for this thing? And I would be like, oh, that, you know, we can give you $5, but it's store credit. Like, oh, you can't give cash. I'm like, no, GameStop gives cash. And sometimes they'd ask, like, what either, you know, what cash value or just 
what's the trade-in value at GameStop? And so we had him on speed dial. We had a good relationship. But, of course, I didn't just ever call GameStop and say, hey, Chris here, I got another question for you. I would always, like, put on some stupid accent. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is the Twelton Valley uh, GameStop. Uh, so, so what can I do for you? I'm like, hello, it is your good friend Uncle Minush calling you again. I have great deal for you. I have a priceless game for the Super Nintendo. It's so good you can't get it. It's called Chrono Trigger. How much you give me for this? Like, damn it, Chris, is that you? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's your Uncle Minus. Who, who is this Chris? This Chris, you're always calling me this Chris. I, I no, don't Chris, understand. Is you customer? Is your name Chris? I don't think so. It's Uncle Minus. She got, got a good deal. Give me this. Like, damn it, Chris, you know how much you get for it. You tell me. He's like, I'll give you. You get five dollars for it. Oh, that's all. Thank you very much. Just <laughs> this like love hate relationship we had between them. Because you know, again, we're all low level employees. We don't have some rivalry out there. And one time, well, of I course. like I finished a shift the game crazy, and I'm in my shirt with my lanyard, and I go into the GameStop on my way home, and I'm looking in there, and uh, you know, saying hi to the guys there, and they're saying hey back, and I'm kind of browsing through, and some some kid stops. Oh. Oh, they're pointing at me. I'm like, what? Like, you've been caught. I'm like, caught doing what? Like, you, you're not supposed to be in here. Like, have I just blown your mind that we that, that retail employees exist in their own lives? Like, you're not, you're not supposed to be in it. You're, this is a game. Stop. You're game crazy. What are you doing here? I'm like, we're just all we like games, dude. Yeah, I need a game. I can't get the game where I work, so I'm yeah, here like, now. Like you didn't have, yeah, my sword didn't have it, so I'm going to get it here. Oh. If anything, that probably means my store is doing better, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy who came in one time, and thankfully, because Game Crazy did not do cash for store um, uh, cash credit or anything on trade-ins. It was only store credit. Um, so we avoided so many people who clearly just, you know, stole a bunch of stuff and were trying to sell it back. This guy comes in with a baby carriage with like, what the fuck? With like 30 copies of Matt all sealed. He's like, Hey man. Hey, uh, so I got some games. Like you've got a lot of games there. He's like, yeah, I had a birthday and all my friends got me some games but they all got me the same game i'm like wow you a have a lot of friends but b none of them talk to each other but they all knew exactly what you wanted yeah yeah so like i'm like let me stop you we don't give cash okay thanks and like leaves like <laughs> like oh i wanted to hear how this played <laughs> how is he you, sh- you should have found a way to keep him going for a little while it's <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know immediately walks out and i just you know Speed dial GameStop. Hello, GameStop. Like, damn it, Chris. What? Like, just don't This is Manoush. I'm sending my friend over. He has lots of copies of Madden. My friend, he gave me a birthday, but too many people didn't talk to him. So he's got 30 copies of Madden. He might want us some star credit, but he might go cash. Like, damn it, Chris. Thank you. He's legit. I know him. He's he's, he's my friend. He's good. It's his birthday. Give him a discount. He's telling me to sense you. Jesus. Uh, yeah, do something to keep your sanity in the retail world. Oh no, of course, of course. We used to uh 
we used to call my friend Jim who worked at Walgreens and um he he was the farm pharmacy tech and we used to we used to call him and harass the hell out of him we'd tell horrifying stories of like you know sir um i i i'm 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 really concerned um i'm sitting on the toilet and my 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 butt fell out <laughs> and like maybe you should call a doctor no no i have to talk to you and we'd like keep him on the phone as long as we could and he'd do the same thing to us it's like I know that you're a blockbuster, but but you 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 got some got some porn. I need some porn. I need like <laughs> put, put, put me on speaker. I need to tell your manager what I need. <laughs> like oh god, <laughs> stop Jim, stop. My uh, my store manager used to do fun things like we, we blockbuster in its pure genius um, mm. thought we needed to sell people direct TV. Of course, and uh, so. We had a direct TV in the store, and the direct TV, so the customers couldn't fiddle with it, had a lockbox on the um, on the receiver, mm-hmm. and on and the TV had its buttons and everything covered, which was a great way to prank fellow employees. So my boss <laughs> would like put on HBO and wait for you know the scene in Clerks where Randall is ordering all the porn or yep. um, any of Pulp Fiction. And uh, t- turn it on and go lock himself in the back room to count the drawers and, and leave me there up front. And then people, you, he, we'd work and open together the next day and inevitably someone would call. So there's an employee of yours named, um, and we, we wore um, name tags with like movie character names on it. So he had Tyler, he had Tyler Durden. And I think, um, I think mine on that evening was something ridiculous like Frodo or something like that. And these people didn't get the joke. And so they'd call up, you have an employee named, named Bilbo who works <laughs> there? And he's like, uh, okay, what's the problem? And, you know, they're like, well, he had some pretty uh, pretty um, bad stuff on the TV. He says, I'm sorry, we don't have any employee here by that name, sir. Have a nice night. <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, so... It, it it sounds as though just like on the other podcast we did that you and I could just talk forever. So I'm gonna have to have you on as a guest again. Um, but it's after one in the morning for me, um, and so I uh, I would like to call it if if you if that's okay with you, sir. That is perfectly fine with me. Okay, I I really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Chris, again for being on. Thank you guys for making it a talkbuster night or day. Or whenever you're listening to this, and please be kind, rewind. Thanks, dude. Thank you.